this week's guest is Rick Zosa, who joins us from warm and sunny Puerto Plata in the Dominican Republic. Rick has been working aboard various cruise ships since 2004 and has recently taken on the role of brand ambassador Rebbe Quantro in Dominican Republic and global cruise ships. Rick has earned many different accreditations and designations throughout his career, such as WSET Level 2 Wine and Spirits, Master Brewer, Advanced Mixologist, Barista, Chef, and he speaks eight languages. We had a great conversation with Rick as he discusses how he got into working on a cruise ship and the life you can expect aboard a ship, the significance of continuing to educate yourself and learn in order to advance your career, as well as the importance of entering bartending competitions. Make sure you check Rick out on Instagram at RickTheMix or check the show notes as always. And also, one final note to add, at the start of our conversation, I refer to this episode as number 171, whereas this is actually episode 172. Enjoy the show. Okay, we are back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I am Kip, this is Dan, and what's going on? Hey man, just hanging out, just being awesome. Enjoyed the last bit of our nice warm weather this past week, and then now it's <laughs> went from mid-20s to five. It's really gone to shit. <laughs> yeah, that was quick, eh? Yeah. Quick, quick kick in the ass. Yeah. How are things going with you? Good, good. You know, same, we're just coming off Halloween weekend, which was profitable for the businesses. So. Nice, that's good. Yeah. So less to complain about? Well, I'm sure I can find something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I work in the bar business. There's always something to complain about. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Are you guys busy Friday, Saturday for the Halloween weekend or just Saturday? Well, it's always different at all the bars, but uh, Sugar Run had the burlesque on Friday, so that is always a big hit for us. And then Saturday was good as well for a Halloween party. Babylon was good both nights for, we had an Afrobeat party on the Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That's at a wedding on Sunday, so that... Oh, nice. Yeah. And then... Uh, Argyle, well, Argyle's a mystery. You yep. never know. You're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing if people come. Well, you're in Cambridge for that one. That's that right. One, yeah. So, yeah, if you are in the Tri-City area and you want to visit one of my bars, it's Sugar Run, Downtown Kitchener, at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram. Babylon Sisters, Uptown Waterloo, at Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram. And Argyle Arms in lovely Preston, Ontario, at Argyle underscore arms underscore 2023. You can find out everything that's going on at all of those places lots of live music and trivia music bingo all that stuff happens at argo all the time djs and live events at uh, the other two locations so check them out also check out the industry podcast subscribe rate review that helps us out Mm -hmm. yeah if you want to uh hit that subscribe button right now even yeah go back in the catalog if you want this is episode 171 171 times we've done this yeah 171 times we've been drunk on a monday (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's not that's probably the under but yeah that's true (laughs) but at least that we recorded podcasts so congratulations to you for getting to 171 yeah i haven't been fired from my day job so that's good that's great it's teetering on the break sometimes terrific uh, terrific yeah, if you want to be a guest on the show, it's info at the industry club, CLUB, or you can DM us at the industry podcast on Instagram. Yeah, we're always open to taking on guests from the service industry from all over the world. And we have one joining us in just a minute. Before we get to Rick, we are going to give a shout out to Zach Hanna at zachhanna.co for doing all the artwork for the Instagram page. Always much appreciated. And I think that's about all we got to yammer on about. So let's get to somebody interesting. Rick Zusa is with us. 
joining us from Porta Plata in the Dominican Republic right now, but uh, originally from Brazil. Yeah. Hey, guys. How are you? Hope everybody's fine, actually. Yeah. Let's... How can I say that? I will talk about a little bit about me so like that you guys going to know me, where I come from, and what I do in life. So mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. 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 At, at, least is, at least you guys going to know me a little bit more. And first of all, thank all of you guys for reach me out and talk to me. And I, again, thank you. This is really a big, nice thing for you guys to do it. And not just for you guys, but for everybody that's listening right now, because actually talking about have this kind of dialogue, it's really something, how can I say it? Something that not everybody do it, but everybody wants to do it, but nobody has the courage to do it. Let's put it on that way. Yeah. Just so you guys to know me a little bit more, I'm Rick Sosa. I'm from Brazil originally, but I live in Puerto Plata because right now I'm working for Remy Control. I'm the global brand ambassador for the cruise ship site. And also two weeks ago, they promote me, let's put it on that way, also for Dominican Republic brand ambassador as well. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I don't feel like that, but it's fine. It's like double the job yeah. with the same with the same with the same payment, though. But oh, yeah. great! So just more work, same pay. Yeah. Sounds, sounds, yeah. sounds familiar. I know that yeah. well. Sounds like uh, we did that before. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talk to us a little bit about like how when you started out in Brazil, when did you decide that you wanted to get into bartending? Let's put it on that way. Um, I get out from Brazil actually when I was sixteen years old originally. Okay. And then I live in Argentina for two years. Oh. Supposed to be two, supposed to be two months, but I live <laughs> for two years. Yeah. What to say? What to say? It. Yeah. <laughs> I, just came, I, I just came to my grandpa because he actually was a marina before, and then I asked him, "Look, I'm not good to go at the school, and believe me, I just want to do something else." He told me, "Okay, here is two thousand bucks. Go whatever you want to go, but just in South America because if you do some shitty things, at least it's more easier for me to." rescue out from that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, so I took the, the ball and then I just point the finger, Argentina was the way. So I go to Argentina, then come on, 16 years old. That was like 2002. And then it's like a sex, drugs and rock and roll. Let's put it that way. So I despite that I use everything in less than what, two weeks, probably? <laughs> yeah. Two weeks, yeah. After that, I just see myself that I don't have a job, I'm jobless, I don't have money, and I don't know what to do. So I spent, honestly speaking, I spent almost three months under the bridge. Completely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Under the bridge, eating food that everybody's throwing and everything else. Until one, how can I say that, one old lady, amazing lady that I still speaking with her today, she reached me out when I was there and then she's asking to me what I was doing there because she she realized that actually I didn't speak Spanish at the time and then I come from a different country. And then I explained to her everything and then she gave me a job that was an um, Arabic restaurant. That was my first job completely. So I was like scrubbing the, the pans and everything else. I was like like a bus, yeah, I was like a, a bus boy just cleaning the pens and everything. After two months and a half, I get promoted and then I go for the for the hospitality services side. I was waiting. Then like two months more, two and a half months more, um, I help her with opening her second her second restaurant and everything. And then I just decided to quit because I, I was seeing that restaurant was not for me. But I still want to stay in the industry itself. Then after that, I didn't want also to come back at home. So I just work in uh, McDonald's at a 
at the time until I come back home. When I come back home, my grandpa just slapped me like five times because he didn't know what I was doing, what I was. Actually, because we didn't have a, a cell phone at the time, let's put it on that way. And it was not easy to reach out. So I call like every three months in a row. And then I say, look, I'm alive. Bye. Ciao. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> then I then I arrive at home. When I arrive at home, my grandpa was like, okay, do you speak how many language now? I said, look, I'm speaking two and a half. Because actually, um, Spanish was easy. I speak Portuguese and English. So it was three, almost three languages at the time. Then he told me, look, uh, why you don't try cruise ships? You speak about the three languages. At least you already work in the F&B side, so try it. I decided to try it. I just put my CV out there, and then the first company hired me. That was a cruise ship company called Royal Caribbean. That was my first job on cruise ship ever. I supposed to stay six months, but I stayed 12 months. I stayed one year inside of the ship completely. Not that I didn't get out. I do get out. That's something that we, we need to clarify that every port the crew member can get out if, let's say, it, if your work duty doesn't rely on. So Mr. said that from four to seven, you don't work, you get out and you do your thing, come back, work, and that's it. It's up to you. So I stay one year. Then I was assistant waiter at the time. And then I decided, you know what? I don't know if I will come back to the restaurant. But anyhow, the second company calls me. That was Island Cruises. Doesn't even exist anymore completely. Uh, she was completely desiccated and they sink the ships. I don't know why. It was amazing <laughs> ships, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was good ships, though. It was, it was an adaptation from cargo ships. So the elevator was feeding like 50 people in a row. <laughs> it was, oh, it was, yeah, it was amazing, though. It's completely different from the cruise ships that we have right now. Then on that one, I was waiter and head waiter. And that was my first time that I have in touch with a bartender out there. Because has this bartender that I always look at him and then I said, mm, no, I don't look to him sexually. I look to him naturally. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just look at him and said, okay, that guy is amazing, man. But what makes him amazing is because he can make the cocktails, he can make the drinks, he can speak with the persons, and he's getting tip all the time. And then I was looking to myself, I said, what I don't have it that he has it. And then I put in my mind, I said, courses. Ah. Courses. And then I start to think about it. Mm, what should I do? Then I speak, I speak with this bartender, and then I ask him, what do you do, man? How's your, how's your lifetime over here? And then he's telling me, look, it's pretty the same as yours. But the point is, I have fun. I just enjoy myself, and then I do what I have to do. It. If the person is not in a good mood, let's set straight and put her in a good mood. Anyway, you're dealing with the uh, spirit. So if they don't get in a good mood, believe me, they are really in the bad shit. So it's not something <laughs> that we <laughs> And I did this course over here. He said to me straight ahead. I did this course here. Then I searched that course. In the end, I knew that the bartender was Brazilian as well, and then he invited me invitate me he gave me the invitation for one course that he did in just to let you know 1991 that he was since he was in the food and beverage side and i did i just go out there and i did i said you know what next contract i will not come back as a waiter anymore i will come back in the bar so that's what i did i go to the course i did the course then i just go to the to the bars and restaurants, I just knock on the door. I just give my curriculum and say, look, 
I need to have some kind of experience for the cruise ships. I do have experience for the restaurant, but I need experience for the bar. You don't need to pay me anything, but I just need to get the experience from that. Comes the time that I was like with five, six, sometimes even 10 jobs in one weekend. And then I go and then I do it and then I learn. Because actually everything, let's put on that way, let's let's trade the boundaries. Everything, it's about the classic cocktails. Everything, the variations, everything we do it today. It's classic cocktails. That 77 that we have out there, everything comes from a variation from that. And when once I learned that, I said, okay, I think so. Now I'm ready to do this. So what I did, uh, I worked for a nightclub called a Give Club. And then I stayed there for, what, four months, five months. And then I become the head bar, the head bartender at the time. After that, I just sent my CV to another company called MSC. It's an Italian company. Then they hire me straight ahead because I already have the ship experience. And when I started, I started as a bar server for six months. And then the other six months, my bartender broke the leg and he has to disembark. So that was my chance. I just come to my bar manager and then I said to him, you know what? I'm ready. I can do this. Just give me the chance. He looked at me and then he said, you think so? I said, I don't think so. I'm, I'm sure what I can do. So just give me the chance. And that's what he did. I just make six months straight as a bartender. But in the end, it was a company that I like it. It was okay. But some persons here, there, you know, we always have this kind of a disagreement with some people. So I just decided to flew away. Then I go to another Italian company called Costa Cruises. Did you guys heard from Costa Concordia that sink it in the, uh, in the Iceland, uh, Italian oh, yeah. Iceland? Yep. You take the right guy because I was there just to let you oh, know. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, you guys did, and you guys didn't know that. No, I know no. You guys didn't know that. No. Yeah, because actually I don't say it because I was not ready for more or less 10 years. I was not ready to talk about that because it was something that, how can I say that? There's something that more is about my mental health than anything else. But I see it that I'm okay to talk about it, to be open and tell what really happened in that night. So, yeah, I was there. I worked for 11 years on Costa Crociere. Then I go sure. from bar server, yeah, bar server to assistant bartender, bartender, head bartender. And then I finish over there as an assistant beverage manager. Yeah. Then, yeah. But the point is why I get out from the company. It's not because, because she's not good, because she is. She's like a mom. She's really treating you well and it's left you when you need it. Let's put it that way. It was a really good, <laughs> yeah was a really good environment, I can tell you that, because everybody was like um, polite, help you out, and all those things, you know. I just decided to get out from there because comes a time that I was as a system beverage manager and they was hiring bar managers from outside. And I catch myself teaching the new bar manager what he's supposed to do when I was just there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I was like, um, it's not jealousy, but it's something like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready. I was here for 11 years. And you take a person that worked just on land just to take my job, let's put it on that way. And that's why I decided to get out from there. Okay. Uh, but, uh, before you go too far, for we got to talk a little bit about this, uh, the, if you're willing to talk about it now, about the ship sinking and like, what was mm. that experience like? Like, talk to us a little bit about what happened and, and how that experience was for you at the time. At the time, I was a head bartender. Yeah. I was a head bartender. I was working on deck nine because actually we have the decks with the cabins and everything else. And then we have the bars that we have like a ground board that's on deck five. Then we have the pools that's on deck nine. 
Then you have the vision bar that's all the way to the top. I was on the back bar and uh, was head bartender at the time. Man, what I what I feel it, it's like was like 9 30, 11 o'clock in the evening, and then the ship starts to trembling like a lot. And for us that we work on board for many years, when the ship starts to trembling, something's really wrong with the engines. Mm-hmm. Because we know that something's trembling means to say that the helipad down there, it's not that good. So the ship starts to trembling, but he didn't stop. It's like was two minutes of trembling. And then we say, okay, something's really wrong out here. Then after like uh, five minutes or 10 minutes, the, the lights comes out, pops out, thing pops out, pops in, pops out all the time for 25 minutes, more or less. Then I was to together with the two bar servers, one Filipina, really, really tall. And I have this guy from India that was really, really small. She was like uh, really big, like really big. And I told her, I said, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's get out from here and let's see downstairs and let's go downstairs. Because if we need to take the life jacket, we need to take it now. So we go downstairs. Of course, as the, the light pops in, pops out, we don't use the elevator. So we go by stairs. When we arrive downstairs on deck zero, because we call it deck zero, the way that the ship is designed, simple, the water was like almost half of my knee. And then I was, yeah, was already sinking like a lot. And then when I see that, I said, okay, we are screwed to don't say another thing. Yeah, (laughs) we we are completely screwed. Then I look at her, she looked at me, I said, let's go to the deck four. Why we say that? Because the deck for depends on the design of the ship and which company you, you're working on. You do have the open decks on the both sides. It can be deck four, deck five, or deck six. Cannot be more. It has to be those decks. So when we go there, we speed this, we see the spare life jackets. We already put the life jackets on us. And then we start to helping the people to get out of the ship. Then I remember this casino manager, this uh, Filipino woman, she said, no, nothing's happening. Please, everybody go back to your cabins. Everything is okay. I just, I just step in. And then I say, I said, you know what? Shut your bloody mouth. <laughs> the ship is sinking. Mm-hmm. Tell these people to get out from here right now. And you take a left jacket from you. She looked at me like, really? I said, yes. If you go back zero, it's halfway submerged. So please just go. And believe me, if the deck zero is submerged, means to say that our cabins where we live was already flooded under the water completely because we live under the deck zero. Uh-huh. So it's deck less one, less two, less three. The engines is less two and less three. Uh-huh. And our cabins is from less two until like deck six in the front of the ship. And then she take the left jacket, she start to help out everything. And then one point that I always tell, and then I always say it, that I don't see any officer around, like any officer around. Like the person that's supposed to be guiding and helping us all the way, they disappear. As the captain disappear because he fell down in the lifeboat and he was already on the land. Oh, right. after, oh, geez. So much for the captain going down with the ship. Yeah. <laughs> he go down from the ship, not with the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So we come, we come to know like really like hours after what he did. 
So what happened is just like uh, the second or the third officer was the one that uh, make the designations with the signals and everything. So those guys stay over there was the only guys staying over there. The rest of the officers, nobody see it and everybody was out. I know that I was one of the last like five or six persons that get out from the ship because I make sure that everybody was there. And something that everybody's asking to me, it's like, uh, you was calm when you was doing that? I said, not that much, but yeah, I was pretty calm because actually, if you're agitated and you're not calm, especially when the situation is completely designed you for under stress, you're going to see the other people like trying to jump or do something that they don't supposed to, especially the people that was not trained for. And I was on board for what, uh, seven years, eight years at the time on the other companies together with that one, seven years. And then I said to myself, if I do something right now, I have to help these people. I don't care about my own life. So that's what I did. And that's what happens. What happens after that, they put us in a hotel after that. It was really like a small island, like a tiny island of 20,000 persons. Then they put us in a hotel. And then one week later, they flew everybody home. So how, how, so, many, people, how many people were on that ship at the time? Like 3,000? No, much, no, much more. Because that ship is designed for 3,900 persons Oof. plus 1,700 crew. So it was like 5,000 oh. something. And Oof. it was completely and it was completely full though. Oh, and it was like, uh, if I remember, it was 38 dead disease at the time. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. And, and three of them was crew. And one of them is one of my very good friends was from Peru. She was a person. And the other two guys was musicians. And actually, they died because of something a little bit stupid, but I don't want to say that it's stupid. So let's put it on that way, because they already did. But they died because they tried to come back to their cabin to take their violin. You uh, know why? You know why he, wa- he wanted to take the violin? Because actually that violin was not just emotional, but was really a big amount of violin. It's like a 200,000 euros because that violin has more than 100 years, something like that. Um, and, and he tried, but um, the, the, the cabin and the flood and everything, because actually we have something that we call the, the muster stations and the fire zones. But in, within the fire zone, the ship is divided by seven fire zones or six. Depends on the size of the ship. So what happens? If the, the ship is sinking in the front, they will close the watertight doors from that fire zone to no water passing to the other fire zones. So what happened at the time is that guy, he passed it to that fire zone when he struck. Surely when he was trying to come back, the, the watertight uh, uh, was yeah. completely closed and he cannot get out from there. So he died for that. And after that, I flew to Brazil and then I stayed like three months at home. And I was pretty sure decided that I will not come back. Yeah, but, I can imagine. <laughs> like, uh, I was yeah. just going to ask you, like, after going through a harrowing experience like that, like, how do you decide to get back on the ships after that? Like, I would think, okay, I might not even want to bartend anymore, let alone go back on the cruise ship. So, like, what, how did you manage to do it? Let's put it on that way. Uh, I was trying to bartend at home in mm. Brazil, that I was living in Brazil at the time. And let's set the thing straight. Uh, you don't get the good amount of money that you're going to get it on the ship. No. So I was I was trying at the time to open my own bar, to open my own thing. 
And within the money that I was winning in Brazil, I was spending more money that I was winning, let's put on that way. Mm -hmm. So when they call us back, I was head bartender at the time and they call me back as the assistant beverage manager. So they gave me one position more. So within that position, my salary double, I said, you know what? I will go. Let's see it. If I don't, how can I say that? If I don't fit again, it's okay. I will get out. Let's try. Did you have well, Did you have some nerves about getting back on the ship again? On the first month, let's put on the way, I was like uh, a little bit shaky yeah. and a little bit like I have to walk with somebody from my from my department, like in deck zero, deck one, and I was like, everything is okay. Any kind of noise that was like a water side door or the ship shaking or trembling, I was like waking up at the time. But after the second month, everything was normal again. And then, and then my mind was like, okay, you are in the ship, so chill. Everything is okay. So, I so it's almost like the... So that's crazy because the muscle memory of you working on the ship for so long before that just comes back to you. But there's got to be a little PTSD from the experience you went through as well, right? So that's crazy, man. I mean, good for you to be able to do it again. But that's obviously you did it out of necessity in some ways as well. But like crazy for you to get back on those ships and then so how many years after the the accident did you continue to work on the boats like you just got off them right so yeah uh i had just got out from the boat this may so let's put on the way 13 if i count all my years on cruise ships is 18 years because i'm 37 now so i mean to say it's almost 19 years 19 years and, and how nice. many how many years into your first experience did the ship sink like like how many years have you been working on the ships after the accident uh what's 2011 so 12 so years. 12 years yeah yeah holy shit that's crazy man <laughs> <Love> <laughs> yeah wow that's okay so oh, so let's get let's, let's be a little more positive and talk about like what 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 was it that you specifically liked about working on the cruise ships okay let's say that you're never going to get the experience uh, at home, like a home bartending or even at your normal bar. Why? Actually, especially let's put on that way as well, because cruise ships, they hire people from the third, for the third countries. Let's put, let's set straight like uh, India, Philippines, um, Indonesia. Uh, now they are hiring more Russians, Ukrainians, and people from Balkans, those parts. Serbia, but before they just hire like um, Indonesians, India, Philippines, Brazilians, Argentinians. Why? Because actually our money values more when you work on the cruise ship. Uh, so one dollar, so one dollar is just like five reais right now. So it's mm -hmm. a lot of money. You know what I mean? So for us, it's five reais. I live it in Philippines, and one dollar is fifty-four, no, sixty-one Philippines peso. With a one dollar, you can feed twelve persons. Oh, so it's mm. a lot of money. You know what I mean. So that's why they hire these people because they know they will work with the with more stress, but they still gonna deliver the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. So the money is one of the things, but of course, it's not the objective. Depends on the objective what you want it. Uh, the amount of people that you're gonna meet. Uh, depends on the ship and the cruise company that you work in, you're going to work with the 45 to 54 different countries. 
So it's a lot of things for you to learn, especially the culture change and all those things. Plus, the the what we say it, it's a free food. It's a free internet. It's a free. You are just uh, going to some places that you're never gonna have the money or the time that you could if you're not on the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. So right now, at this point, I know 124 countries, mm-hmm. but but also this could be a con. So why these 124 countries? As a crew member, I just have a, this limited amount of time to go out see it, oversee it, and do what I want to do. That's what I was so going to ask you. Like, how much time do you get at each stop? Let's put on that. Uh, if I take the morning schedule, I will, let's, as a bartender, yeah. as a bartender, you have the opening schedule, the middle schedule, and the closing schedule. The middle, the, the opening schedule is from 6 o'clock in the morning to 12 in the afternoon. You come back 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You stop at 7 in the evening, come back at 8 in the evening, stops at 11 in the evening. That's it. That's the time that you're going to make it, that one for your whole contract. So within that time, from 12 to 4, if the ship is stopped, you just go and you have your time. Depends on you. But ship is doing overnight, it's even better because 11 o'clock you just finish and you just go out and stay until the next morning if you want to. Depends on where you are. I do many times on Russia. I do many times on New York, like four times in New York. I do one time in Miami, and then I do a lot of times like in Italy, in France, uh, all those those countries from Europe. So it depends mm-hmm. on the time. Now, if you are in the middle schedule, you're going to enter like 11 in, the, 11 in the morning until 6 in the afternoon. Then you're going to come back 9 in the evening until 1 o'clock or 12 in the in, in the morning, let's put on that way. Now, if you're closing schedule, you're gonna start at 12 in the afternoon until four o'clock, come back at seven o'clock and go straight until 12 o'clock in the morning. So you have the morning shift for you to go out that you have to wake up early for that, remembering that in the night before you go to sleep like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And then you have from seven, yeah, from, from four to seven so you have like three hours so depends on you what you want to do so that's why many many crew members also they pay people on board for them to do the laundry for them to clean their cabin because actually they just want to have fun they just want to go outside you know so i I was one of that crew members for many years i just pay somebody to wash my clothes because i just want to go to sleep or i just want to have a specific board that I have a time to go and then I just want to go out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like that. So you have the time to met the country that you are, but also, how can I say it? You don't have completely time to met the country that you are. Right. So sometimes what I do is like, if I love a country, I will go back on the vacations. Like I do many times in Holland. And especially... It's where I do my mixology course. It's my first course as a bartender completely full mixology. It was in the European Bartender School, in the EBS. That's where I did. And so what I did, I just take the vacations, and then I just said, okay, I disembark on 10 June, and then I will come back September 10, no, June, July, August, and then I will come back August 10. Oh, nice. So this good, two months, yeah. It's what a great months. way to do that. Visit yeah. a country for a couple months. Oh. Yeah, that's usually what I do. What I did in Europe before the war between Russia and Ukraine, 
Do you know this, uh, what's the name? This uh, polar train that goes from... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the top to the bottom. So that's what I did for one month and a half. Yeah. So I so I just paid that one. It was like uh, 2,000... 2000 pounds something like that at the time because I, I don't remember why i paying pounds but i pay it yeah and then i go because i sleep over there i have my own cabin and then i do everything and then every two days they stop it in a different place of uh, russia uh-huh. and then i just go from the top to the bottom and then when uh-huh. i was in the bottom i just go to spain france and those places that i already know that they're already satisfied with the with the when I was crew member, I already satisfied, and I see it, what I see it, I just go few places that I don't see it before, and then I jump to another counter, jump to another counter. Why? Because actually, the flight tickets in Europe, they are really cheap. Right. So sometimes I fly from Italy to Spain within, what, 19 euros. Mm. It's really cheap. It's more cheaper than you go by car, you know? Right. It takes less time, amount of time. And then that's, that's what is crucial, time. And right. especially, and especially in our cruise ship side, as a crew member, time is everything. Believe me. Yeah, I bet. So yeah. the, so the good stuff is you met countries, you make a good amount of money, of course, if you want mm. to keep it, and you don't use it. Uh, you met people from all over the world, and you learn constantly everything that you wanted for your own position. So, mm-hmm. Mr. said, me as a bartender, I just wanted to grow, so everything is learning. Why? Because they pay you courses if you want to, like Bar Smarts, like uh, Pernod Ricard, like uh, uh, European Bartender School, WSAT, those levels one, two, and three, and they pay you. Thanks to thanks to the next concert that I did after Costa, that's Norwegian Cruise Line, I do my sommelier level two. And then right now I'm finishing the level two spirits because I will make it the the exam in the beginning of uh, November now, like in November 16, something like that. But that's what I tell the cruise ships. If they want you, if they see you that you want to grow, they will help you out financially. Whatever you wanted, they will help you out. Also, the flight tickets, you don't pay it. The hotels, you don't pay it. Like when you embark it and when you disembark it. And you have what we call the feminine friends. <laughs> what is family? Yeah. Family and friends, is, it's two things. Of course, you have your family and friends on board. And it's like a special discount for the crew. It's like 50% of the original rate. And they can stay in a cabin or they can stay in the guest cabin and then you can stay over there. So those things. It's pretty good. Yeah. And, and get better within the time. Because when I started, we was like a military. But right now, it's more wider. It's more widely spread. And then... Companies like uh, Royal Caribbean, Virgin, that comes to set the difference. And I work over there as well. Uh, you can work with tattoos. And as you guys, really you guys can see it, but the audience cannot. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of tattoos, like everywhere. And you can see it like I do have. And this is something that for some cruise companies in the beginning, they was not high if you have a, a, a tattoos. And this is something also from hotels, like luxury hotels. But this is something that is changing their minds right now. And this is really good. And what's funny, because all my tattoos I did outside from my from my home. I did when I was on port because I just wanted to make one tattoo from that specific place and all those things, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty basic what is really good to work on the cruise ship. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy, but I, and good for you for taking advantage of them paying for all those courses. You still got to want to do them. And so you did all of that stuff. You also got involved in world class and you won best margarita, I believe. So what made you decide to get into those competitions? Actually, because uh, I, I entered in one competition called Flor de Caña. And this was with a sustainable, how can I say it? Sustainable ingredient. And then I won that one on the ship. And then I said, you know what? It's kind of amazing to want something and something that you truly love or what you do. And the compet- and that's something that I learned doing the competitions. This is something that I don't see it yet within, within the community. It's like uh, we have to understand that when you do competitions, you're not competing against the other person. You're competing against yourself to be a better self. If that person is better than you, you have to beat him, but you have to beat yourself first. So how are you going to beat yourself? Studying, studying, and studying even more. Because everything is about pretty basic. You don't know the basics. It's, it's always something that I always say. It is like uh, the basic pretty well executed. It's more than the perfect imperfection. So it's like uh, if you do the basic really, really good, you're always moving forward. And then within that, you sometimes go try to make perfect because nothing is perfect in this life. So we have to set the boundaries as well. So within that competition on the cruise ship, I just decided to enter in the other competition. But why I entered in the competition? Because we had the COVID. And, mm-hmm. when, the co- and when the COVID hit us, uh, I stayed three months in one of the cruise ships inside of the cabin because they didn't know what to do with the crew members. And then we stay sitting there in Miami for three months and something. And then they decided to take us home. When I arrive at home, everything is closed. It's like a really, how can I say, what's the name? It's uh, the walking that. It's really like <laughs> the one. Yeah. I arrived by the airplane and I don't see it cars because when I arrived in Sao Paulo, we always see it the city because it's, it's a huge city. So you have cars all over. So when I... When we was arriving by airplane, I was looking like, uh, okay, where are the cars, man? Where are those persons? This is really happening, right? So when I when I come back home, it was like my grandma and my mom at the time. And I stay like in a hotel that they pay for me for 25 days, something like that, because I just traveling overseas, COVID, restrictions and everything. When I arrive at home, I got a job as a bartender to help in uh, because I'm a bar consultant as well, but they didn't have anybody as a bartender. So I stay as a bar consultant slash bartender slash everything on that specific place. So I helped that place to grow, like uh, making a new menu, uh, making a menu together with the chef and all those things. Then the work class started. And then I say, you know what? I will give you a try, man. Why not? Then I passed for the first phase. And I was like, okay, maybe I know one thing or two, because if I pass it, it means to say that they liked my job and what I did over there. So in the second phase, I did the same, and then I go to the finals. When I go to the finals, I stay on number four, on the, on the work class. Then I participate from the Margarita, from the Margarita Challenge. On the Margarita Challenge, I was number one in Brazil, and I was number eight in the world. And that one was everything through the video, everything that they, they just see in the video. After that, I compete again in the Margarita, but was just uh, last year to this year. And then I participate again. And then again, I was elected uh, uh, the best Margarita on the cruise ship. 
And then number three or number four from the 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 finals now. And then that's was something like okay, I like competitions, man, because the competitions do things that if you're working even on board, even your own bar, you don't do it. That is trying to challenge yourself on something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I do some kind of a clarification here, some um, some fat washing there, some different kind of things that I was trying to think, and then I never did it before. And this is something that keeps on challenging you. And once you challenge yourself and you learn about that, you always want to learn more. So that's why I was doing competitions all over and trying to to be here and there. And Liquor 43 also, I was finals, uh, not finals, but I was like a top 15, something like that. And I win like a barista hostel. That that was my second formation as a barista as well, because my first formation as a barista was on Costa. Uh, Italy was in Genova. It's a university that you have to stay there for like a month, something like that. And then they make the formation as a barista. So that's it. We have to understand that the competitions is to challenge yourself to be a better person and to be a better on what you do and also to, to practice hospitality. Because sometimes we say it, we practice, but we don't practice. That's something that I can see it because now I'm more on land so I can see it, the persons who really they are because I'm in touch with them now because as a brand ambassador, I have to get in touch with those people. Before I did it, because I have my own work and then I do it for a certain company. Now, no, I work for all the companies, but specifically from that one. And then I can see it who it is, who is not, because those persons are in contact with me now. And this is something that shocked me at the same time, but also surprised me. Because some people that I think they was, let's put on their way, assholes, they was not. And some people that I assumed they was really nice persons. They also was not. So I can say that working as an ambassador right now, open your eyes completely for different type of persons that you're going to encounter in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, Rick, the one thing I will say is that you obviously are very open to self-improvement and learning all the time. So I'm sure that's going to continue with your new gig at Remy Cointreau. You've given us a lot of time, so we'll let you go. Uh, Tell everybody where they can follow you on social media and learn about what you're doing. So let's go. I have actually two two Instagrams. One is Rick the Mix, easy. I just changed it like a year ago to make it easier for everyone outside of the world because before it was my full name and any, anybody was following me because they, they don't know how to write my name. <laughs> it's, really, <laughs> it's a Brazilian name, so it's a really big name. So now it's Rick the Mix. My wife is a portenda as well, so I also work together with her like a lot her name is evolve mix but anyhow it's easy it's there and then i have group in the whatsapp that's called mix daily that's also a instagram account that i help the brazilians on how to achieve themselves more and more it's now has like a 700 persons over there and then daily i send them tasks daily i send the news i send some few things for them just to grow and challenge in themselves and everybody who reached me in the Instagram, I give my time and I stop whatever I'm doing just to speak with that person because I know that means a lot for that person because I was once like that before. And one thing that I have to tell you, when I met Deo the Grove was 
is just an amazing person, was an amazing guy. And within that, I practice hospitality forever. I think I born with that, but within the years, you develop more and more. So it depends on you on how you want to do it and where you want to do it and why you want to do it. Well, that's super inspiring, Rick. Thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate you giving us the time. Best of luck with everything. I know you're going to kill it because you never stop learning so uh, and helping. So thanks again. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it.